global scale we saw change this year, where for the first time in our history of our world, everything shut down. There was a global, universal, so to speak, shutdown through this pandemic, and things happened that we've never seen before, and it, it truly is biblical. It truly is signs of the times. And I've got some bad news and some good news. Can I give you the bad news first? The bad news is church is not going to get better. It's not going to get better. This, this is, this is, we're in times where biblically it's going to get worse. I didn't think I'd get any amens, but that's okay. But the good news is we're almost home. That's good news. All these signs that are happening are signs that we're almost home. When we begin to see the things happen in the Bible, it begins to show us that this is, this is a dress rehearsal. How many know when a wedding happens, there's a dress rehearsal? When you do a play, there's a dress rehearsal. You begin to practice. And so we're seeing a dress rehearsal of the book of Revelations happening right now. We're literally seeing that in our world. And what I want you to think about, though, as I get into this, the reason I've got almost home there, and I have no doubt the Lord put this on my heart, is to talk about the signs of the times, but to mention strongly at the beginning and end of every one of these services during this series, whether it goes two weeks or five, whatever it's going to be, whatever the Lord leads, that we're almost home. And that the, the good news is we have something that we're looking forward to, and it's not the worst part of the pandemic or more coming or wars or famine or all these things. We are looking for the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. How many believe that this morning, that that's what we're looking for? And maybe you're here and you don't know the Bible yet and you don't know that you're looking for him. But you're going to know by the time this message is over that you're looking for him. Amen? And so I want to I have you write down there but not look at it for now. Revelation 6 to 18. And we're going to kind of mention during this series different parts of that. I'm not going to get into a lot of Revelation today. Matter of fact, I'm only going to use one verse. But I want to give you some verses to start off with. Three key verses. There's going to be more than three. But one is to start off. The good news is John chapter 14. Watch what this says. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Let's go home. Right? Let not your heart be troubled. You're thinking, man, this, you're all over the place. You just told us that things were going to get worse. And then you're telling us, let your heart not be troubled. That's because those are Jesus' word. He said, in this world, there will be tribulation. Okay? There will be problems. But watch this. As we get into this series, you're going to realize he said there will be tribulation, but that's tribulation of daily life. There's going to come a time of the tribulation, which is a seven-year period on this earth that could start at any moment. It could start at any moment. And when that starts, that's when God begins to judge this world. He begins to judge this nation. He begins to judge people for their actions. And that's a time where it's, it's an unprecedented, you think unprecedented times have happened now. Wait till you see what's going to happen. Well, the good news is if you're a believer, you won't see it. Because we're almost home. Amen. I just had to make sure we make that clear. We won't see it. But what we're going to be talking about is an opportunity for you to witness to people. Because the return of Jesus Christ is an opportunity for you to tell people you need to get ready. You need to get your house in order. You need to make things right. So as we're seeing these times before, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in also in me. And then watch what it says. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, 
I would have told you. And he watched what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Leave that up there for just a second. Look what he's saying there. As Jesus conquered death and came out of the grave, he appeared to over 500 people. And when he appeared to those people, he was on the, on the mount and he began to ascend up into heaven. His feet left the ground. Amen? Not levitation, amen? He didn't come back down. He began to lift off the ground. And the Bible says he went into the clouds. And an angel said, as you're staring at him going, he will come again like this. And so there is coming something called the rapture where Jesus is going to come again and look, receive us to him. And it says that where I am, you may be also. Are those comforting words? He is right now preparing a place for us. For who? For the believers. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Meaning that he has a place for us to go, stay with me on this, where where we can be safe while hell's breaking loose on this earth. Amen. Amen. Now, as we get into this, you might think, man, that's not the way I was raised. They taught me this this other way. They said that that we were going to go through the tribulation. Well, you don't have to, but you can if you want to. If you want to stay here, go ahead. But I'm leaving when the rapture happens. Amen. I'm going up with Jesus when he calls us to go home. And three or four of you agree with me. Do you want to stay here or do you want to go? We're almost home. As we look, just get this, as we look to these things and we go, man, and I'm guilty of this and, I'm, and, I'm, and I do this. Man, I'm so sick of this world. I'm so sick of this sin. I'm so sick of this craziness. As I get this way and I look at this world and I look at the state of the world, God says that should be something to get you excited because these are signs of the times that you are almost home. Amen. Are you listening to me? Tell the person next to you, we're almost home. Now, watch what this next verse is. What, what do you mean, Pastor 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? These are going to be two verses we're going to read every single service during this series. Because I, I, want, I want the silver lining of this not to be about the bad stuff, but about the good stuff. The bad stuff is just showing you how close the good stuff is. Did you get that? He says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will... Has anybody lost any loved ones in here? Anybody have some loved ones that you're ready to see that have gone, already gone to the other side? It says the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are... How many alive people do I have? Do I have any alive people in here this morning? We're not dead already. We're alive. We who are alive and remain, meaning at that moment when the trumpet sounds, we're on this earth. It says, we shall be, watch this, caught up. Caught up. Our feet are going to leave the ground. We're going to be caught up. It does not say, church, that Jesus is coming down to the earth to be with us yet. That's the second coming of Christ. The Bible says we shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now leave it there for a second. I know that sounds kind of weird. Does it sound weird to anybody? What do you mean? We're going to fly? How many of you heard a song, I believe I can fly? Amen. I believe I can fly. 
but I can fly by the power of God. Amen. The Bible literally says that we are going to leave this earth and be caught up and be gone from this earth. Star Trek was ahead of the game. Amen. Beam me up, Scotty. We're going to leave this earth. And some people might say, how's that possible? Come on, really? We're going to, we're going to, well, how come we don't think it's so weird that people go all the way to space in a, in a spaceship? Or people go 35,000 feet in the air on a plane. If God can give the wisdom to someone to put someone in a plane or put them on a spaceship on the moon, do you don't think God could get us to heaven? Does, no, I see you don't doubt. You guys don't believe it. I, this side didn't believe it. Don't you guys believe that if God gave the wisdom to someone to build a spaceship, he could get us to heaven? Some of y'all don't believe either. That's okay. You just stay here and see it happen. I'll wave to you as I go. Amen. Tell the person next to you we're almost home. But then it says, and we shall always be with the Lord. Now wait before we change it because I want to go back up for a second. When it says caught up in the Greek, see the word rapture is not in the Bible. And that throws some people off. But neither is the word trinity. But we believe in that, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The word rapture, is, and the reason is because the Bible wasn't written in English. But the word harpaso means suddenly taken out, out of danger. So you picture that as these things get worse, as times get worse on this earth, we are getting closer to Jesus taking us out suddenly before the calamity happens on the earth. Amen. Are you seeing that? So please get that. Now, if you haven't heard the song, there's a great group called Mercy Me who's written so many amazing songs, just like Casting Crowns, two great groups. If you're, we have a lot of newcomers in the church that are learning now to, to listen to praise and worship and stuff. Listen to Casting Crowns. Listen to Mercy Me. But they just wrote a song last year called Almost Home. And if you haven't heard it, listen to the, to the chorus, half of the chorus. It says, Almost Home, brother, it won't be long. Soon all your burdens will be gone. How many have got some burdens in here this morning? You've got some strife in your life. You've got some things you're facing. Look, listen, we're almost home. We're almost to the place where we're not going to have to deal with this stuff anymore. And listen, I'm not pitching you some, some hocus pocus thing. I'm telling you something that Jesus said. And Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church. I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And I'm going to rapture them out. I'm going to catch them up. And I'm going to take them home where I've prepared a place for them. For those who believe in me. So as we go through this, remember every time it gets rough, because it's going to get rough. I'm, I'm talking about it's going to get rough what we're reading. So we're going to see some of these things, but we're not going to see all of it. Are you listening to me? We're not going to see all of it. And I'm going to show you that in the scripture this morning. But I want to give you one more verse now on the flip side of why we are literally so close. And why the signs of the times are shouting at us. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. This is a definition of our world today. This is where we're at. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We're living in a day where when you try to live righteous and you try to have standards and morals and say the Bible says and live by those things, you're looked at as weird and evil. You're looked at as, as a divider, as a problem. And those who do evil are looked at as good. It may sound crazy, but are you living in the same world I live in? Woe to those. He says, he says, Isaiah says, 700 years before Jesus came, 2,700 years ago, he says there's going to come a time when people are going to call evil good and good is going to be called evil. He says, who put darkness for light 
and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Let me just give you two just examples, and I'm going to be doing a lot of this during this series, but two things that I just grabbed this morning uh, of things that have been happening recently. How many know we have a drug problem? We've got people in here who have been delivered from drugs, amen? You might be in here struggling with something that you could be delivered today. That's the, that's the gospel we're preaching, amen? But we have a drug problem, and there's, there's always been a drug problem, but, but things get worse, and they've gotten worse. And I, and I was reading a statistic that said Watch this. More people died of drug overdose in 2018 than the 20 years prior put together. So I'm not, I'm not talking about the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. I'm talking about right now. In 2018, I didn't even mention 2019 and 2020 because nobody died of anything but COVID in 2020. People still overdose, but no one died of anything but that. No one died of cancer or any of those things. How many know I'm, I'm being, oh, that's the truth. It seems like that's all people have died from. People died of drugs. People died of, of suicide. People died of all kinds of things. But drugs took all, more people's lives in 2018 than the 20 years prior. We've got problems. The reason people are doing so much drugs is they're hopeless. People are lost. People are looking for the answer in the bottle or in drugs or relationships or other things instead of looking to Jesus. Who's the only one who can fill the void? 2020, we know we saw an unprecedented spike in homicides, murders. From city, big cities to small towns, more than we've ever seen in the history of our country in 2020, murders and homicides. Let me show you a verse in the Bible in Revelation 9, verse 21. Watch what this says. If you don't think Jesus knows the news. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries. Another word for sorceries in the Bible, in the Greek, is pharmaceutica. And it doesn't translate for some reason. To, it translates to sorcery. Sorceries exist. That's witchcraft and sorcery. But the word pharmaceutica is drugs. There is a drug problem. And, it's, and, and one of the biggest problems today, besides even uh, crack and cocaine and meth and all the drugs that are out, is prescription drugs where the government's giving it to people. And they're giving it to our military. They're giving it to, to our officers and our frontline people. When they have problems, they just throw them drugs. And, just, and, and that, that just, but how many know they don't fix anything? So we have a problem. And it says they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Look at those four things right there. That's the picture of our world today. Sexual immorality, robbery, People are greedy. People are doing things for money. People are, are, are don't, don't care what, what it costs or who loses. They just want money. Amen. Are you all still here? Am I preaching the truth? So here's the Bible telling us. This is the only verse I'm going to use from Revelation. Telling us that there's problems coming. But as we see these things happening and as we see these things get worse, we know that we're almost home. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. If you're learning your Bible, you're learning that this is a chapter along with Luke chapter 21. It's very, very vivid about the times that are coming, the end times in the Bible. Take that off for just one second. As, as I'm going to read this in a second, what they're doing at this moment when they ask this question, they ask Jesus, what is the sign of the time? How do we know? And I want you to think about this. They're saying to Jesus, how do we know when you'll come back? Here we are 2,000, more, more, more than 2,000 years since Jesus, amen? 
uh, since his, his, his leaving the earth to go to heaven to prepare a place for us. And we might think, man, 2,000 years is a long time. Do you realize if you have a watch and you look at a watch, and I have a really nice new watch that my kids gave me, by the way. I love having kids that are old enough to buy gifts now. It's awesome. If you look at your watch or you look at your clock or you look at your cell phone or you look at anything and you see time, you need to understand something. God is outside of time. God is not in our dimension of time. And so we're good at looking at dates and times and, and, and dates and times. And when we look at dates and times, that's when we get in trouble. But we can look at things that are happening because they're signs of the seasons. And as we looked, as we look now, the disciples 2,000 years ago were looking. And they were actually expecting Jesus to return in their lifetime. And it's, it works by God's ordained plan that every generation that has lived since Jesus has lived their life with an expectancy Jesus could come back at any moment. Are you understanding that? I'm, I'm giving you the back, back, background of this scripture that we're going to read in a second because they're asking them, what are the, they begin to say, what, how do we know when you're going to come back? And so they, they didn't know 2,000 years were going to pass. A hundred years after that, they didn't know. Five hundred years, a thousand years, they didn't know. They, they, they just thought Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. And so his return, his imminent, meaning at any moment return, is the reason we are supposed to live a holy, godly life. Do you understand that? That we have to be ready when he comes. The Bible talks about a thief in the night. That we, should, we, we can't be caught off guard and we have to be watching. And so they're asking him and they're looking and they're searching. And so they ask him, and here's what he says. He says a lot of stuff, but this particular verse is today's message. Verse 12 of 24, 12 and 13. He says, because lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness. We've never seen lawlessness like we're seeing right now. Because lawlessness will, it doesn't see will exist. It says will abound. And watch this. But the, and the love of many will grow cold. Church, he's not talking, those that are watching online, he's not talking to the people that are not saved right here. He's talking to people who love God. He's saying, watch this, this is why this almost home is so important. I'm giving you something that is better than you think right now, and you're going to realize it later. Can I get a better amen? It's going to hit you like Tuesday. Hopefully it hits you today. But you're going to get this. It's going to click, and you go, that, that makes so much sense. Because the opposite is, is if you look at this world and you, and, you, and you have a righteousness in your heart and a holiness and you love God and you get sick and tired of seeing, it seems like God's word just trampled on, you can get frustrated with this world real fast and get tired of it and angry. And, and he says, because of that, if people don't have the right attitude, their love will grow cold. Wax cold, some versions say. Wax cold. And, but it says, but he who endures till the end shall be saved that means he who stays in the fight until jesus comes back not someone who starts and doesn't finish not someone who does good for a while and doesn't finish we've got to finish and the finish race is going to end when the trumpet sounds and when we go up to be with jesus amen tell the person next to you we're almost home lawlessness what does it mean not regulated by or based on law not restrained or controlled by law, unruly, illegal. We've never been in a time with so much illegal stuff, so much lies, so much unruliness, so much lawlessness. Am I, am I living in the same world you are? 
Never have we seen it before. But listen, I want to go a step further than our laws of our nation or our constitution or the laws like that. I want to talk about God's law. God's law. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to it what you think best. That you may do according to it what you think is right. How many know God has a law and God has this Bible written for a reason and what he calls sin is sin. What he calls wrong is wrong. What he calls law is law. Church, we, I just mentioned at the thing, at the dedication, we cannot think that our nation is not going to be judged for killing 60 million babies. We cannot think that our nation is not going to have to answer for that. Right or wrong, who, did, who didn't, that doesn't matter. I'm telling you, abortion, murder of innocent babies, our nation is going to have to answer for that. Because God is a just God. And that's just to mention something right there we're, we're using today because of, of dedicating a baby. But there's so much stuff that's going on. We've gotten away from God's law of what his word says. And we've got to be people that say this is what the Bible says. Not what I think. Not what, I, what my opinion is. But I meditate on his law and according to all that is written in it. Amen. Can somebody say all? And then we wonder why we don't prosper sometimes. Why is it that our nation in general is not prospering right now? Because it says, then you will make your way prosperous. The way we were founded on the word of God, we've gotten away from that. The church has gotten away from God's law. And you'll see that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. He says, and then you will have good success when we meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. How many are still here? 2 Timothy chapter 3. These are signs of the times. But know this, verse 1, that in the last days, in church, we are the last days. I told you a few months ago, we're in the fourth quarter. Anybody who's an athlete that plays sports, we're in the fourth quarter. We're in the fourth quarter, and I don't even believe we have minutes left. I believe we have seconds left. I don't believe it's even minutes, and we're not going to overtime. It's about to finish. And that church should make a believer in Jesus Christ happy, not sad. Sad for the loved ones that don't want to answer the call. Sad for the people that we know, that the neighbors that don't want to listen. But at the same time, church, we got to be responsible for ourselves. First and foremost, to make sure that our love doesn't grow wax cold. God wants us to look forward to his return. He wants us to be excited about him coming back. He says, know that in the last days, perilous times will Come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. That's what makes the world go around today, money. Money makes the world go around. Greed, everything's about money. The, the root, the Bible says, the love of, the mo of money is the root of all evil. Money is the problem. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Watch this. This is where it hits home. 
This is where God speaks to the church. Hopefully not our church. Hopefully not us. But the church, he says, has a form of godliness. You're not going to be saved in this church because you came this morning. You're not going to go to heaven because you're holding a Bible in your hands. Any more than when you sit in a garage or a car. Or an airplane when you sit in a hangar. Or you're a student because you go to school. You're going to be saved because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from those people, turn away. Church, I tell you in 2021 this morning, I tell you without reservation, there's coming a day, every day more, where the left and the right, and I mean the goats and the sheep, I mean the right and the wrong, the sinners and the non-sinners, the just and the unjust are going to separate more and more because truth is going to become truth more, lies are going to become lies, things are going to come out, things are going to be made made, uh, real or made uh, uh, clear. And it's going to be a separation. And part of that separation is going to be the church going to heaven. Amen. Just so you know, the 9 o'clock was doing better on you, but you still got a little bit more time. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Watch this. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and watch this, and our gathering to him, to him, together to him, we ask you, not to be soon shaken. So, again, as we look at this, what's happening is they begin to ask even Paul. Just like the disciples asked Jesus, is it here? They even thought they missed it. I, I got news for you. You're going to know if you miss it. You're going to know. Because the tribulation is going to start. And you're going to see things you've never even imagined. The Bible says, and we'll get into that a little bit in, a few, in the next few weeks, that says... That there'll be a time that's never been in the history of the world, nor will there ever be again. A seven-year period, an actual seven-year period, by the way. Not a, not a, not a you know, what, maybe about exactly seven years, the Bible says. It's called Jacob's Trouble. And I just want to throw this in. I didn't say this in the first service to just make it clear and make it understand, understandable. This has been something that's been prophesied for thousands of years, and it is a time in, in frame of a frame of time in God's agenda where he is going to deal with two people. And you want to make sure you're not one of these two people. One is the Jewish nation, which you're not, okay? You might be, there might be some Jewish descent here, but most of us probably are not. He's going to deal with his people who rejected Jesus, okay? And the second people is people who rejected Jesus since then, since his, since his resurrection, a world who will not accept God's plan. And, and judgment is going to come on this earth, and so that seven years is going to be not for the people who have put their faith in Jesus like us. We are already, do you realize we are already going through tribulation right now? Not the tribulation, but tribulation. We're going through things that, that our, our people 100 years ago, 200 years ago didn't have to go through. We're going through things. There's more martyrs for the Christian faith today than there has ever been since Jesus' birth and resurrection. That all these things are, are expanding. But what we know today is that we're standing in the time frame of God because of the nation of Israel. Okay, you need to understand that. The reason that we are now clicking backwards and we know that time is short is because of 1948. When Israel became a nation. I didn't say this in the first service. You guys are getting something they didn't get. Okay? Are you listening to me? 
I feel led to say this. You've got to understand, what's the difference between us and the last 2,000 years of people who were saying, is it, has it happened? When's it going to happen? The difference is, is before 1948, when Israel became a nation, there was no fig tree. There was no olive tree. There was no symbolic way to know that the time frame began to go down. Before 1948, since the temple was destroyed when Jesus left the earth, and he said it would be destroyed, that temple on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, for 1948 years, Jerusalem was not non-existent. Israel had no nation. And all of a sudden, fulfilling prophecy, and I'll show you that in the next few weeks, fulfilling prophecy, Israel becomes a nation overnight. The Bible says in one day. And all of a sudden, they're back in the loop. And all of a sudden, isn't it interesting how that tiny little nation is still alive and nobody can destroy it? It's one of the strongest nations in the entire world. It is the strongest nation in the entire world. And everybody wants to destroy it. But they flourish. Because it's God's people. But he's going to deal with them because they didn't believe in his first coming. So now, because they didn't believe in his first coming, they're going to have to deal with their unbelief. And they're going to have to go through tribulation, and then they're going to be saved. Okay, and I'm trying not to give you too much information and leave my, my message this morning because I'm doing, saying stuff I didn't say in the first service, but somebody needed to hear that this morning, this particular part I'm talking about, because it set the watch in action. 1948 to 2018 was 70 years. We're in the year 2021. Do you realize that the Bible says that a generation, David said a generation is 70 to 80 years? We're there. We're closer than we were four years ago. We're closer than we were ten years ago. And we're way closer than they were right there when he said, don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit, stay with me, or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So here's the reason they didn't really know. You can, that's fine, you can leave that next verse up. The reason they didn't really know is because they didn't have cell phones and satellites and computers and TV. They didn't know what was going on 50 miles away from them. Today we know what's going on in Australia before it happens. Right? Don't we sometimes hear the news of something that happened before the people that it happened to find out? So they didn't have that. So they were like, man, has it happened? But he says, let no one deceive you by any means. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. What's the signs of the times? We're, we're seeing the falling away. We're seeing the falling away. And then it says, and the man of sin revealed. That's the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Watch this next verse. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple, let's leave this verse up for a second, in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now you have to know your Bible, and you have to learn, and that's part of why I'm here to help you, but this particular part of the, of the verse we're reading is right smack dab in the middle of the tribulation. Three and a half years in of the seven-year period, we will not see the Antichrist. We won't see him. He's alive. He's alive right now, I guarantee you. And he's very close to coming into power. But he, we won't see him because we're almost home. Amen? We're almost home. I thought you guys would be more excited about that. But I know you're thinking and I know you're really intense right now, but we're almost home. Remember that place where Jesus said there was many mansions? 
that he's going to prepare for us, that if we believe in him, he would take us there with him. I can't get off track too much, but just so you know, in that place that he's talking about, the streets are paved with gold. The streets. Watch what it says. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now, this is important, now what is restraining? What's holding back? That he may be revealed, the Antichrist, in his own time. See, something right now is holding back the Antichrist from coming on the scene. It's the church. Watch the next verse. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital H, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Guess who he is? We is. I know that's not good English, but we is. Amen. Say it with me. We is the restrainer. We is the church. We're in Texas. We can get away with this, y'all. Amen. I've been waiting to live in a place where I could talk like that all my life. Amen. Are you with me? We're the restrainer. Can you imagine? You think this world's bad right now? Can you imagine when the hundreds of millions, and I hope billions, but I don't know, hundreds of millions of people disappear from this earth that are fasting and praying like we are right now for 21 days for a move of God, for protection, for our, for our country, for our nation, for the world? Can you imagine what this world's going to look like when the church is gone and there's nobody restraining the, the Antichrist from coming on and doing what he's going to do? But that's us. And it says, then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume, we're going to win, with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Amen. The coming of the lawless one, we're going to get into more of this in the next few weeks, who he is, is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs. Hold there for a second. And lying wonders. I know what you're thinking. Why would God allow this man to come along because God is going to allow people who won't believe to be deceived. Next verse. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. See, he's not talking to us. Among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. We, were, we had a ministry meeting last night and we talked about this. We, we believe as a team that we're going to see the greatest revival we've ever seen this year, not just because we declare it, but because people are searching for truth. People are tired of being lied to, and they want the truth. Does anybody agree with that? People are tired of being lied to, and they want the truth, the gospel truth, God's truth. Let every man be a liar, but let God be truth. Amen. We fail, we make mistakes, we mess up, we fall short, but God doesn't, and his word is perfect. And we're just trying to preach his word. It says, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the tribulation. Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from eternity in hell. He has a plan of salvation. He wants everyone to go to heaven. But we're cold and we're hard and we're mad and we're angry. But we're almost home. And then it says, and the, for this reason... God will send them. This is interesting. God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned. Who? Who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in 
unrighteousness. Amen. Church, these are signs of the times. We are seeing it as if it's coming out on the news every single day. And we're going to get into some things in the next couple weeks that are going to show you even more how all this pandemic and all of the things that are happening are leading towards a one-world government, a one-world economy, and a one-world religion. It's all in the Bible. It's all been prophesied, and it will come to pass. But the gospel good news is that we don't have to be here for it. Now, you might have been raised in a church or a denomination where they taught you that you had to go through the tribulation. And I'm not, I'm not mad at them or anything. I just don't believe that because 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 tells me that we're not appointed unto wrath. And there's so many verses in the Bible that teach us that the reason that we don't go through the tribulation is because God has a plan of escape. And I'm going to get into all those verses. But I want you to understand, this is a moment and time for us to take advantage and tell people, look what's going on in the world. Jesus is coming soon. And they might be like, oh, I tell them, listen, I'm telling you, the, look, look what's going on. Look at what's going on in this world. Look at the current events. It's not hard to see. And you know, John mentioned at the prayer about insurance. It is not a coincidence, church. And the reason I started this off by saying it's going to get worse, it's not a coincidence that this is a medical thing. Because the mark of the beast that we're going to get into is going to be very tied to medical. Very tied to medical. Medical and money. Being able to buy, being able to get health. Now, how many parents do I have in here? Let me see your hands for your parent. I'm going to hit home with you for a second. I'm going to... I'm going to hit something that's going to hit a nerve to get you to realize how real this tribulation that's coming is. When you have taken your child, because I know for me, there's nothing that gets me more to see my kids sick. And they're growing up now, but when they were girls, whew, see them hurt, see them cry, see them sick. And Jesus used to always have to remind me, I died for that sickness, pray for them. And they would, it, we, it would get healed, Amen. But boy, you want to touch the heart of a parent, let their kid get sick. Fast forward, whether it's a week or a year or 10 years or whatever it is to the tribulation, and you don't have Jesus and you're here on this earth, and there's a system that says you've got to have a, a, a mark and you've got to be part of this system to get health care. And you take your child in to get something for them. For them and and I, I always think about the, I, I give God all the glory for the fact that Growing up, man, I didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of money, but we had health. Huh. My wife's never been in the hospital. I've never been in the hospital. Destiny's never been in the hospital. And Kristen was in the hospital one time for an appendectomy. One time, and that was at 18. That's, that's prosperity and blessings. But I remember her being in there for that appendectomy and the doctor coming in. She's 18, and I couldn't sign for her. But I remember just thinking this thing at that moment when that doctor came in. If he came in, he said, she's got to have surgery right now because an, append an appendicitis is dangerous. If it bursts inside of you, it can cause all, you can die from it. Can you imagine if that doctor would have came in in the future and said, we've got to operate on her now or she's going to die. Are you, do you have the, do you have the, are you in the system? Do you have the chip? Do you have the, what? no, I don't. Well, she's going to die. You just think about that. You don't think that's going to get people to take the mark? 
Sure it is. When their kid's on the deathbed, when their kid has a virus, it's not a coincidence, church, that this is a virus. It's not a coincidence because there's something about medical and health and death that gets people's attention. And when that rapture happens, church, when the church is taken out of this earth, calamity and chaos is going to come on this earth and the insurance system is going to be destroyed. There will be no way for insurance to cover all the calamities. No way. And immediately, from one day to the next, there will be put in place a one-world economy, one-world religion, and one-world government in a day. Just like the nation of Israel became a nation one day to the next, there will be a new government. And you'll have to, we're going to get, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but that's what's coming. But look at the person next to you and say, but we're almost home. Do you believe that? Romans 4, 7 says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. And whose sins are covered. Oh, that's good stuff right there. See, we're lawless too, just like the world. But we've accepted our lawlessness and asked forgiveness for it, and our lawlessness is covered by the blood of Jesus. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. How many today, watching online, sitting in this service, could say, I don't know, Pastor. If, if, if that rapture happened today, I don't know if I'd go or if I'd stay behind. I don't know if I'm ready. And there's only one way to know if you're ready, and that's to put your faith in Jesus. To tell Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you're the way out, you're the way of escape, that you're the redeemer, that you're the redemption that I need, that you're the salvation for my sins. You're, you covered me and took my place on that cross, and you're there preparing a place for me. If you have not put your faith in Jesus you can't even imagine what's coming. You don't want to be here. It's not God's will for you to be here. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time of the Lord. How many could say, Pastor, with, with heads bowed and eyes closed, honest hearts, would you pray for me this morning? I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. How many more? I, I, don't, I don't want to mess around with this. Do you realize how God's grace has given you the opportunity to be here this morning? You could have been somewhere else. And listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving you hype this morning. I'm giving you God's word. As real as this pandemic is and as real as it's happened and as real as this, there was a global shutdown, it's just a dress rehearsal for what's coming. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared because Jesus said, I've overcome this world. Let not your heart be troubled. Put your faith in me. Why is it that we put our faith so much in government or presidents or people and don't put our faith in Jesus? Jesus is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's on the throne today. How many more? Maybe you're here and you knew the Lord at some point in your life. You accepted him as Savior, but today you're backslidden. You're running from God. You're cold in your spirit. And today you're just saying, you know what? It's, thank you, God, for allowing me to be here so I can just get right. How many would say that's me? Just put your hands up. I need to get right with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if you would, in this spirit of reverence to God. This is the most important part of the service. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. 
those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast are going to be able to say this prayer with us, those that raise their hands. But I want, to, I want to tell you something important. This is very important. Jesus said in his word, and we're going to pray this in a second. He said, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. But he said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. So there's something about saying, I don't, I don't care what you think about me. I care what God thinks about me. And I'm going to make sure that God knows with a public confession of my faith, I believe. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus is coming back again. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe. Not afraid to say it. That's what we do when we say a sinner's prayer. We admit. Hebrews 10, 17 says, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. How many know that's good news? He will remember our sins no more. He says they're as far as the east is from the west when you confess them. Today you can start over. You can have a fresh start. Not just because it's 2021 and because it's a new year, because his blood has never lost its power. Amen? If you raised your hand, and maybe you didn't. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you didn't raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit keeps working on you. This is simply the call. If you don't know for sure you're ready today, if Jesus came back today, you don't know if you'd go, and you didn't raise your hand, and you raised your hand, would you just do one more thing? Find that nearest aisle, step out of your seat, and come down here with me and pray. Just quickly, step out, find that nearest aisle, walk down here. We're going to pray with you this morning. Come on, just step out. Don't be ashamed. Many hands went up. Come on. Come on right down here, amen? Many hands. I want Jesus to know. I want Jesus to see. Maybe, you, maybe you're still, you're like this. Just come. Just come. This isn't a judgment thing. This isn't somebody's better than somebody else thing. This is just making a public confession of our faith that Jesus, you are Lord and you are King and you are Master. You that are online, we can't see you, but God sees you. We're going to say a prayer. I want you to say a biblical prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus. I believe with all my heart that you're the Son of God. I know that I'm a sinner and I fall short of all your glory. Jesus, I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth you are Lord and Master and King. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead to defeat death. I ask you to be Lord of my life and I ask you to forgive me from all my sins. Past, present, future, everything I've ever done, cover it with your blood. I put my faith in you this morning and I ask you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Change me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.